And now, race fans, here to say the most famous words in motorsports, please welcome the representatives from NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers. Drivers, start, start your engines! All right, welcome to another edition of the Upspeed Podcast. Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinax. With you as always coming off of throwback weekend for NASCAR out at Darlington Raceway. Three races, three very action-packed races at that. Uh, Sunday's Goodyear 400 culminates with William Byron picking up his third victory of the season in the number 24 car. But that's not the story coming away because once again, we are talking about Ross Chastain. And for the second time in three weeks having a run in with Kyle Larson as those two tangle on a late restart, costing them both the opportunity to win that race when they both at the end of the race, at least maybe had the two best cars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they both, you know, were at fault to a degree um, with the way they were racing each other. The the way Ross has raced everyone over the past year and a half to this point. Um, but like you said, it's, I feel like every, I mean, obviously like what happened last week with Noah Gregson and Ross, it's just Ross is constantly in the news. And, you know, there's some people think that he can be a superstar in this sport because he's aggressive. He's controversial. He's, he's whatever, but you know, I didn't realize it until they pointed it out. He hasn't won in over a year, Yep. you know? And it's like, I remember, you know, several years ago when, when Kevin Harvick was talking about, who was going to be the next star of NASCAR and, and all that stuff. And he basically, he, he took a shot at Chase Elliott and mm-hmm. a bunch of Chase fans got all riled up about it, but he was right. Like you, you can't be a star until you start winning. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking of Ross. Like when they, when they brought up that he hadn't won in over a year, I was like, it, I, I don't know. Cause he's in the news every week. Sure. It, it seemed, I, I felt like he'd had more wins mixed in there. Well, it's not only that he's in the news, but he's consistently running well. He's leading laps. He's, I mean, at last check, he was leading the points. I got to look again to see if he's still in the points lead. Um, But, you know, he runs well and he has fast cars. Yes, he's still in the points lead of Christopher Bell right now. He's led a lot of laps. He's won stages, done all these things. But like on Sunday uh, at the end of the race, he keeps shooting himself in the foot with this aggressiveness that's costing him opportunities to win. It's either, you know, finish in the top five or finish 30th because you've wrecked yourself, or you've wrecked someone else. And again, I think he's really good for the sport and that aggressiveness, you know, while some people don't like it, it does create this character and this persona that you're either going to love or you're going to hate, but there does come a point where you have to start winning races more to be taken a little bit more seriously. Instead, you're just, well, you're just going to go out there and wreck yourself and not get too much from it. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was kind of surprised to, to realize that too, that it has been over a calendar year since he last won. Because if you really think about it, he's been in position, what, probably seven or eight times since then to win races. Oh. And, you know, through either his aggressiveness or somebody, you know, retaliating to something that he has done to them prior, kept him out of victory lane. Well, I think that last part there, you really just hit the nail on the head because you know, look, he, he's going to make the playoffs. He's probably going to win a race or two, three, four, who knows? He's having a great year. Obviously, he's got good speed. And the one car 
Um, but I've we talked about it last year with him. Like you just keep having these enemies on your list that just look. The goal is to win a championship. It's not to win the regular season points. I mean, yeah, it's great. You want to win a championship though. Yeah. Well, uh, now he has apparently upset the big dog in the garage area, at least as far as his manufacturer is concerned, because Rick Hendrick had some pointed comments after the race, obviously celebrating William Byron's victory, but uh, none too pleased with Ross Chastain having yet another run in with Kyle Larson. Again, those two guys uh, not tangling directly at Dover a couple weeks ago, but him spinning Brendan Poole cost Kyle Larson a chance to win that race when he had a very fast car as well. Um, and uh, from what we heard from Justin Marks since Sunday, I think Rick Hendrick made a call over to Chevrolet and said, Hey, I'm sick of my cars getting wrecked. Do something about this guy. And I think that message got passed to Marks who passed it on to Chastain. Will anything change going forward? Who knows? But a message at least has been sent that uh, Rick Hendrick, again, the top dog at Chevrolet is not pleased with him. Well, and two, like Rick may have just called up Justin Marks. He may have saw him Sunday, you know, after the race or whatever, and just, you know, told him, like, look, we love competing with y'all on a weekend, week out basis. But when you're junking my cars over stupid stuff, like, I, that's not cool. Well, and you let's, know? Not, um, let's, let's not forget where Trackhouse gets their engines from. Well, that's the other part of it, too, is like, I mean, Rick could tell, like, if this keeps going, I mean, I'm sure they make enough money that this is still, you know, a minor inconvenience, but like, you know, if Ross has an, a, an engine expire, you know, at some point, I, I I would hope they wouldn't do that. Sure. Um, you just, never... you know, it's classic case of don't bite the hand that feeds you. Cause you never know. Right. Right. And uh, the, the biggest thing for me, it's all preventable. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I was watching the race with my dad on Saturday and we're, we're sitting down in the living room watching it and, I told it as they were, you know, obviously the the prior re the, the restart they wrecked on the one before that, mm. you know, Larson, Larson pushed him up into the, you know, into the wall. Um, so then Ross got the lead and then he got to choose and he chose the bottom. Yep. And I told my dad, I was like, I was like, whoever's in third at, at the time, it was William Byron, who again went on to win the race. Um, I said, I just pick, I'd pick the inside. And when they wreck each other going into one, just turn left. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like you could see it from a million miles away, and that's the part that I just think is so dumb. Is like it's just stupid. Yeah, and you know, I think that that was five or six laps to go when that restart happened. And you know, if that was on a green white checkered, it's like okay, I got one shot to hold him off here. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense, but you got a couple laps to race things out. And, and the way Ross was, what, half a car length in front of him at that point in time, they were going to be side-by-side side coming off yeah. the corner. You have the opportunity to drive deeper into turn number three than Larson at that point in time and hopefully beat him off four and, and take the lead for good. And passing was at a little bit of a premium on Sunday. So if you're able to get the lead from him straight up, it's going to be very hard for him to pass you in those last couple laps, but you just never gave yourself that opportunity to really race it out. Because again, you drove up the track and made contact with them and took both of you guys out. And again, William Byron, William Byron didn't have the best car by any means on Sunday. He hung around the top five all day, but between um, Chastain, Larson and Truex, those three guys were the ones that dominated the race. And again, they all cleared the way and William Byron took advantage. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he was just there to capitalize. You know, didn't have the best car. Had a top five car all day long, but yeah, you know, definitely didn't have. The- but and now switch switching the topic to William Byron, I think we finally gotten to that point with him because he wins his first race in 2020, wins you know one race in 2021, wins uh what two races last year early on in the season doesn't win anymore, and we keep talking about okay when's he finally going to hit his stride? When's he going to start you know? winning more races on a consistent basis i think we're finally at that point and a big point to what you just talked about on sunday was he did not have the best car and he still won the race and that to me is the mark of somebody that is settled in as a consistent winner when you don't have to have the best car but you're putting yourself in position to take advantage of others misfortunes to win the race he's now got three wins on the season and you know you can go back to what phoenix and vegas probably had the best car there darlington again top five car not the best but he took advantage and that to me tells me what that's his sixth seventh career win at this point um that he has kind of established himself as a winner that now he is taking advantage and not having to have the best car to win races right well and that's that's the thing like you know we talked we talked about in our preseason um podcast you know breakout stars and i picked him you know, it's it's what, and I even picked him to win the championship. I, I doubled down on him, um, but you could just see like this progression, that the confidence, um, you know. And, and I think for him, and I, you know, I obviously this race one year ago was the race he got dumped in mm-hmm. at the end. You know, and I, I remember, I remember when Chase Elliott had his Denny Hamlin moment at Martinsville. You know, it, the Logano Byron incident last year felt similar. Yep. You know, it was like you finally like introduced yourself as a man to the sport rather than just some, you know, oh, he's just such a nice kiddo that just loves the race and all that stuff. No, I'm here to win and I'm here to win every week. And I, I think that he's taken that next step. And not only that, with the three wins, he's also fifth in overall points, just 42 points out of the lead, despite the points penalties that Hendrick has had and then given back and then had and then given back all those ups and downs. He's still only 42 points out of the regular season points lead. So the regular season championship is also well within his sights to get those 15 playoff points. So he should be sitting fairly pretty going into the playoffs. And again, he continues to win like this. We keep talking about William Byron having you know, five, six wins by the time the playoffs roll around. Yeah. And, and you're looking, you like you said, if he, you know, he gets that 15 point playoff point bonus, you know, for winning the regular season championship, if he could do that, I mean, you could be looking, I think he's got what, 17 playoff points right now. Uh, I think that's I think correct. I think it's 17, but it's, you know, he, I was, but it's just crazy because it's like, say he wins three more races. Well, there's an additional 15. Right. You have to third, he gets 15 more. One of the right that's that's you're closing in on 50 bonus points right and uh, that's just look everyone counts right uh elsewhere hendrick teammate chase El- chase elliott comes home with a third place t- finish did he have a third place car he did not but he ran consistently back half of the top 10 most of the day and took advantage again of those uh late race incidents to come away with top five finish Talked about him last week, finally showing that like race leading race, potential winning speed at Kansas backs that up with another top five here. And, you know, I know everybody, you know, he obviously wants to win a race, but he's not in too bad of a position to point himself in to the playoffs. If it comes down to that, Um, you know, I think he had to average something like 40 or 42 points a race. And right now he's doing that. 
Um, again, the ultimate goal would be to win a race. And he certainly is on a team that's capable of doing that, but um, you know, it's not an absolute must at this point because he still can point his way in if he continues to perform like this. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I don't remember if I said it last week. I know I thought it last week, but I think that team's got the Coca-Cola 600 circled. Yeah, I do. I I mean, just the way they've ran on these mile and a half the past couple of weeks, I, I think they've got something, something to prove. Absolutely. A couple other interesting finishers in the top 10 that I want to highlight Brad Kozlowski coming home with a uh, fourth place finish and RFK between last year and this year is absolutely night and day. And, you know, they won the race with, with Chris Buescher last year, at Bristol, Brad Kozlowski could have won that race if he didn't have his, didn't have his uh, a tire issue, but that team is shaping themselves into a contender. And I know Ford's been down this year, but I've been very impressed with what Brad Kozlowski has been able to do. Obviously we know that Roush before it was Roush Fenway, Keselowski racing Roush Fenway racing has struggled for a long long time and I knew Brad Keselowski going over there was going to right the ship I didn't know how long it was going to take and again they've not re reached victory lane with him yet but that win is coming because he's putting that car in the top 10 week in and week out I think he's got six on the year already um, the six car is going to go to victory lane sooner rather than later yeah and, and I don't remember his exact words but in in his post-race interview he basically said what's exciting for me is that we come to the racetrack and expect to have a chance to win mm -hmm. where last year we hoped for a top 15 you know and like that's that it's cool to see progress like that like you said like rfk had been struggling for several years and you know obviously the exit at penske wasn't you know it didn't appear to be many hard feelings Mm -hmm. Um, it's just move on and try something new, but I mean, he's completely changed that organization from top to bottom. I mean, and it's impressive. Uh, somebody else that was in desperate need of a career day was Harrison Burton, who came home in sixth. And, you know, I was at the race on Sunday and, you know, just it, it's harder to keep track of where everybody's running throughout the race. But I kept my eye on the 21 car because I was like, man, this has got to be his best performance of the entire season because he consistently hung around the top 15 to top 10. And there's been a lot of rumors swirling about what his future is past 2023. And it doesn't look favorable right now unless he turns it around. And for a track like Darlington, that's notoriously hard, especially on young drivers, he went out there and I think impressed a lot of people, including myself on Sunday. Yeah, well, that's the thing is he qualified well, he raced well. You know, I think there's definitely that talent there. Um he has not, in my opinion, lived up to what that car should be expected to do on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, th that's just that's what's so crazy about the sport now is it's you don't you don't have time to, you know, these teams don't give you give the driver time to figure it out. Right. You know, if you if you don't have early success, they'll move on from you. And my dad actually brought this up a few weeks ago. I thought it was a good point. He was like, um, you know, I wonder how many of these guys that didn't win on early on in their career you know like older guys legends of the sport if they raced in today's age like would they have ever made it you know i mean who yeah. knows no there's definitely a, a short window um you know for guys to come in and have success you know in the cup series and and on that same note somebody that i've been very impressed with this entire season and he came away with a, a solid finish on sunday was was uh todd gillen came home with the 11th place finish and he's somebody that you know 
is almost already getting forced out of his ride over there at front row with Zane Smith running select starts in that 38 car and him having to, you know, fill in the gaps by running Rick Ware cars um, to make sure he runs all the events, but he's putting together solid finish after solid finish. And I don't know what the future of the 21 car is past this season, but you know, and if, if Harrison Burton doesn't keep putting these finishes together, then I mean, Todd Gilland, in my opinion, could be a guy that could take that car over. Good. Um, but again, you know, Ford as a whole is down, so you can give them a little bit of a pass for that, but you know, good drivers find a way to get good finishes, even out of bad cars at times. And, uh, for those guys, both, both good days on Sunday, Mm -hmm. uh, to Saturday now with the Xfinity series, a 200 miler and what might go down as the best finish of the entire season. You have Kyle Larson and, and John Hunter Nemechek battling there and just, what I was hoping to see because the Xfinity cars at Darlington always produce a good show was just classic old school racing at Darlington, two guys giving it all they have going into the final turns. And, you know, uh, Nemechek just gets up into Larson ends up spinning down the front straightaway, And both guys were good with it. Nemechek wasn't mad. He's saying, man, I was going for it and just came up a little bit short there. Um, but another fantastic Xfinity finish at Darlington with Kyle Larson winning. Yeah, it really was. I wasn't able to watch it live, um, but I went back and watched it. And holy crap, like that entire like final run there was just so impressive. And I'll say this, and I know I don't know how much TV really showed this, but Larson gets the speeding penalty towards the end of the race and has to start at the back of the field. That was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, watching him slice his way through the field. And he was assisted by some late cautions that helped him kind of catch up to the leaders there. But when I tell you he was knifing between cars, high, low, in the middle, he tore through that field like a hot knife through butter. It was it was something to watch. Yeah. Um, but for, for John Hunter Nemechek, you know, uh, Cup guys don't run the Xfinity Series every single week. And, you know, I think there's certainly a place for them. And this was kind of a, a perfect example. Kyle Larson, one of the best drivers in the entire world, goes down and goes to this notorious driver's racetrack and runs in the Xfinity Series. And there's John Hunter Nemechek going toe-to-toe with him there in the in the late stages of the race. And, you know, if one or two things go differently, the 20 cars in victory lane. And I think that was a ringing endorsement for John Hunter, who has already won a couple times this season. And, you know, right now, probably the odds on favorite to win the championship that, you know, if I'm Toyota, when I'm thinking of filling maybe the 19 car, when, you know, Martin Trex Jr. retires or whatever that next ride opening may be, John Hernemacek is in the prime position to take it. Yeah, he's definitely your guy. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of when a couple of years ago, Chase Briscoe and Kyle Busch battled at Darlington. Mm-hmm. That was what I felt like Chase Briscoe really put himself on the map of, you know, I'm a dude that can win, you know, against some of the best in the world when I'm in good equipment. Because, I mean, that's the thing is, like, look, if you beat up on a bunch of Xfinity guys, you know, it, it you're just kind of like, well, can he do it? Can he do it on Sundays? That's the question. And um, sure. I know how talented John Hunter is. And I agree with you. I think the first, you know, whether whether it's, you know, Martin Jerks Jr. retiring, you know, 2311, adding a car. I mean, Legacy Motor Club, maybe they add a car. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, you've got options, and John Hunter's in a in a really good spot. Right. Uh, to the Truck Series race on Friday night. And did you watch this race live? No, I watched highlights, and that was it. Okay. Do you know why Corey Himes stayed out late in that race? Because I'm still trying to make sense of it. No. no I 
somebody went to the drawing board probably this week and still trying to figure it out. I mean, he had, he and Christian Eck has had the two best trucks that entire night and he stays out late, which Darlington, if you run any run that goes past like five laps, you're begging for tires because of how abrasive that racetrack is. And I did not understand why he stayed out because he dropped like a rock down to like 20th on that next restart. I think he would have rebounded for a halfway decent finish of, uh, let's see. Yeah, he finished eighth, but if he pits at the same time as everybody else, then he and Eckes are battling for that win there in those last couple laps. And he completely, whether it be him and his crew chief, completely screwed themselves out of a win. Yeah, that that decision made zero sense. And it was what had happened. You know, again, I watched just the highlights, but I'm hearing the highlights. They were like, what are they doing? Even the announcers were like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um but Christian Eckes comes home with the win, and that is now his second win on the season. And and somebody, I, I wasn't sure when he went to McAnally Racing to replace Derek Krause. I didn't know how good those trucks could be. And, I, you know, Eckes has obviously shown flashes of talent over the co past couple of years, you know, driving various Toyotas. But I think he's really settled in in the 19 truck. And, you know, between him and Zane Smith, I mean, they got to be kind of the two favorites for the championship at this point. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, good showing there. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, no, no major news really coming down no. this week from from what I can remember. But we are on the precipice of the All Star Race at North Wilkesboro this weekend. Uh, before we jump into that, though, uh, I will bring on my wife Peyton to give her perspective on what she saw this weekend because this was her first experience really going to a race. I mean, she went to a race like 15 years ago. Um, but I, I count this as kind of her first overall experience and I want her to give her perspective on what she thought of it. Okay. What, what is your overall perspective on what you saw this weekend on and what everything? I saw. Hello. Yeah, the whole experience. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. I feel like in the beginning of the race, that was always really exciting to see everyone starting off and like where people were on the track and like how what energy they were coming out with because some people did come out of the gate a little aggressive but others hung back and did their thing and kept their position and it was really neat to get to see the strategy because I've never noticed that watching just like on tv um but this was really neat so I felt like the beginning and then there were some wrecks on Saturday and on Sunday that were really exciting that shook things up and then obviously the end of the race Saturday was really like shocking photo finish. And then Sunday was also, I was devastated on Sunday. I like the melon man. I know he's the villain of the story, but I do like him a lot. Um, so I thought I, I was devastated. Tyler and I had a good little argument about whose guy did what afterwards. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just trying to help her understand Ross Chastain's aggressiveness if that makes sense but he said in his interview after the wreck happened he said I was trying to help him I was trying to get close to push him up and I just went too far so I feel like he was he was doing okay he was doing okay well um she purchased the melon man t-shirt after the race so when we go to our next race she's just gonna have to endure that abuse from the other fans as I say the other fans they come after you so just yeah. just be ready for that. People are going to say some not nice things to you about that. Well, it's okay. But I, you know, I, I, because Saturday's race was obviously short. The stages were short. Had a lot of cautions. Like there was a lot happening, and she was engaged with that the whole time. 
I thought she was going to lose interest on Sunday, especially through the first two stages because of just how kind of drawn out it got because there wasn't a lot going on, wasn't a ton of passing, but she stayed locked in pretty much the entire time. And, you know, I was explaining strategy and kind of, you know, the, the short pitting and stuff like that as the race was going on. So I think she learned a lot this weekend. For sure. For sure. Plan on going back. Oh, when do we plan on going back? I think there's another race in the fall. Yeah. That we're gonna try to go so to. So we'll uh we'll see about the Southern 500. Okay. I told her I'm like that's that's a hundred miles longer. That's gonna be an even longer yeah. race. But yeah. she's game for it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I I do definitely look like a lobster now <laughs> after sitting in on both Saturday and Sunday. But I mean, I'll make sure next time like to get go in the shade. <laughs> I need to. Oh. Yeah. But no, she had fun. Yeah, it was so, good. That was good. Yeah, we're good. Um, well, now we move on to the all-star race this weekend at North Wilkesboro. And just seeing the pictures and videos that, you know, various people have because they're running late models throughout the week and, and stuff leading up to, to this weekend. It's really setting in like, wow, we're really doing this. We're really going back to North Wilkesboro. I can't believe it. It seems like yesterday, Dale Jr. was like, hey, you may want to come with a weed eater out here and clean the track. You, you know, know, and, and he are. I mean. COVID changed a lot of things in the sport. That's the reason that we don't have a lot of practice time. And that's the reason why, you know, uh, they're, they've done all these cost-cutting measures and stuff like that. But if there's one really good thing that came from it, I don't think we're racing in North Wilkesboro if we don't have the pandemic. No. And that's, no way. that's a crazy thing to say, but uh, again, you know, the, when they scan the track, you run that iRacing event there that got the wheels turning. And then they obviously run the big late model race, you know, in the summer there last year. And that was enough to convince Marcus smart. Like, yeah, we can do, th- and, uh, not Marcus smart, Marcus Smith. Yeah, we can do this. And, uh, man, here we go. Yeah. I mean, and, and putting it on Sunday night, like it's just, it's, I'm really excited to see what happens. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this when this was announced several weeks back, but I love the format of this. And yes, when you look back at the past couple of star races at Texas, we're doing rounds and we're inverting the field and we're just doing all this crap to cover up the fact that we're at a terrible racetrack. Well, we're going to a great racetrack. It's a short track. Tires are going to wear out a lot. Guys going to be sliding around and it's just straight up like, you have the the heat races on Saturday night. You have the open that's 100 laps. And then you have a 200-lap main event with a break in the middle and limited tires. Like, that's all I need for an all-star race. And I can't wait to see the best stock car drivers in the world go out there and compete for a million dollars. Well, that's the thing. It's all you ask for is, is you know, a short track with, with the things you just rattled off that's going to affect the race and, and make it good. And I'm sure, I'm sure everybody will play nice. Uh, as we head in throughout the weekend, I, but I, it's just, it's cool. Cause like North Wilkesboro is one of those that you always hear about, you know, and like, like I never, I never saw a race there, but it was, it was one of those. It's like, you just, it's just exciting. Like it really yeah. is like to see it come back. And I'm not saying we'll, we'll race there every year for the next 50 years, but you know, like if we can do it here, where else can we do this at? Yeah. You know, like I, I think options here and there. And, and to me, this weekend being successful is, I think, very vital for kind of the plans NASCAR has going forward because we're doing this here. And then in like a month and a half, we're going to run the, the Chicago street race, which is 
dichotomically very different than running North Wilkesboro. And I think if this is a bigger success than that is from a rating standpoint, from a pure racing standpoint, from an atmosphere standpoint, my hope is that Mm -hmm. NASCAR leans a little more into going this direction. Maybe we find a way to go back to Rockingham. We continue to push for Nashville fairgrounds to get on the schedule, like as opposed to running a straight race in New York city or Philadelphia or something like that. Like, no, this is the core that you need to focus on. This is what we should be doing instead. Right. I agree. I think this weekend is very important. Um, Obviously the all-star race on Sunday night. We also have the truck series in action on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, And we will go from there with our picks. Uh, Who do you have winning on Saturday? You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I always try to think of my picks ahead of time and and guys that make sense. I think it's just going to be full bulldoze mode for these dudes. Um, So why not Carson Hosevar? Why not? Okay. And look, Carson Osar is a very, very good short track racer from the yep. late model ranks. Like I think this falls right into his wheelhouse. Um, and I definitely think he's going to be up there competing for the win. Um, I'm going to go with the same guy that I picked last week for the same reason. Also a very good short track racer running some of the late model events going on this week. I'm going to go with Ty Majeski. Yeah. Then finally, for the uh, 200 lap all star race on Sunday night for a million dollars, you have 21 drivers already locked in. You have three that will get in through the open with two transferring in uh, top two spots. And then obviously the fan vote. So a lot of guys to pick from as opposed to, you know, previous year's all star races who uh, takes home the million dollars. Well, he won it last year. I think he's going to do it again this year. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. Okay. Um, I am going to go with a guy that we gave a lot of praise to a few minutes ago. I think just the rawness of this track and the fact that it's a driver's racetrack, tires are going to wear out. Classic short track, I think, falls right into Brad Keselowski's hands, and I think he gets his first win for RFK. Well, I guess it'd be his second win because he did win that Daytona duel, but I think he gets a big win for them uh, in the All-Star race. Yeah, I think that'd be a, I think it'd be a popular win. Absolutely. And and somebody that appreciates the history of the sport and, and what we're doing here. I think that'd be very, very cool. We'll end it with this. Are you a fan of the trophy? Um, It's unique. Uh, I think Denny Hamlin brought up the point that like, there's really not anything signifying that it's actually the all-star trophy. So maybe you right. add a plaque or some kind of engraving on it at some point, but um, you know, it's different. And I think it pays homage to, where the sport started certainly because it's literally you know like a whiskey still um or moonshine still excuse me um but yeah definitely one of the more unique trophies yeah i mean i liked it but then when when denny kind of gave his two cents and then he basically said i could get the martinsville clock you know from down the road at the at the local store i was like you know he's not wrong (laughs) so but uh but no i think it's cool and i think it should be a good weekend Weather looks decent, so um, hopefully we won't have to wear There's one thing I really hope happens this weekend. Can we get a traditional Victory Lane interview, please? Yeah, it would be nice. Okay, if, we're, if we're embracing this old school throwback thing, let's go full bore with it. Yeah, for real. But we'll see what happens. Regardless, very excited to, to see what goes down at North Wilkesboro this weekend and uh, see if maybe this play, this track has a permanent place on the Cup Series schedule. Yeah, maybe. 
All right, that'll do it for this uh, week's edition of Up to Speed. We'll be back next week to break down North Wilkesboro and look ahead to the greatest weekend in motorsports. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.